Praise God. And remember we talked about um, why we need to reflect as believers. And it's important for us to reflect because it teaches us to number our days. Praise God. It teaches us to remember that our time in this world is what? Is limited. And as the year comes to an end, it's important for us as believers to continually reflect and see, okay, what has happened in the past year? And I remember talking about one of the key reasons for reflection is it allows you to, you know, to know what God has done in your life. And when you know what God has done, you have that courage to face the battle head on again. Because when something similar comes up again, you remember that the Lord delivered me in this time and he can deliver me again. Praise God. And I think what, where we stopped last week was um, reflections on the things that we have done right and the things that we have done wrong. Praise God. I said, why do we reflect on things that, have, that we have done right? We reflect so that we know that, okay, these particular things that we did, whether it was prayerfulness, whether it was obedience, whatever way we did it, it was, it was done well. And we can continue in it. So we keep a note of it and we say, these were the actions that I took right and these were the things that resulted from these actions. And so I will keep this and I will not throw it away. And I remember saying something about whatever it is that you do in your days of little, how you react, how you do things in your days of little is the same way you react when you have much. Hallelujah. So if you're somebody who has a lot of time management skills in your days of little, there's every possibility to actually, there's every certainty that by the time you become that big person, you will continue to manage your time. Hallelujah. If you're someone who is prudent, you will always be prudent. Actually, you can't just wake up one morning and develop new habits. It doesn't happen like that. There are things that you have developed as, you know, as you kept growing. And many of us have this idea or mindset that, don't worry, when I get to that time, I'm going to change. It's a lie. You will never change. How you handle 500 years is the way you handle 500,000. Praise God. You know, somebody said something that it is when, you, when they increase your salary, that's when you realize that money is never enough. So if you are saying it's not enough now, it's not be enough even when you have more because there will always be things. So whatever you need to discipline now, you do it now. So if you're that kind of person who have been disciplined in the past year, you write it and say, I have done this. And it will continue to remain like that. Hallelujah. So now we have reflected on the past year, uh, on the past year rather, in terms of the things that we did right, now the major crux is the things that we did wrong. Praise God. Reflecting on our what? Past mistakes. Reflecting on past mistakes. Reflecting through the year. And I kept saying something. It is only a fool that would do the same thing over and over, and over again and expect what? A different result. You can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Most of the times, as believers, we find ourselves in a circle, in a, no, not circle actually, a cycle of happenings. It keeps happening. It's like, like I said, the next day becomes a deja vu because the same set of things keeps, keeps happening. And usually the problem is because you have not taken time to reflect. And God is there looking at you like, do I need to hit your head to see that this thing you're doing is the one that is causing this wahala? Praise God. A lot of the things that happen in our lives are not caused by village people. Sincerely. They are not caused by some old aunties. No, no, they are not even caused by witches. They are caused by our own selves. We are the architect of our own destruction. Architect of our own damage. And so when you now get there, you now say, God, why me? God is say, hey, 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 don't come into this thing. When you did it, you did it alone. I was calling you. 
Praise God. The only difference is that he's a loving God. So whatever it is that you did, okay, come back. You know, it's the story of the prodigal son. You know, when he came and he says, Father, give me all my inheritance. Uh, it's time I want to go and go away with it. When he went there, who cursed his wallet? It was not the father. The father did right by him. But when he went out and he squandered the whole thing, then the whole thing entered his face. And he's like, ah, I have squandered everything. Most of the times we are the architect of our own destruction. And some of these destructions do not happen over the months. They happen over years. Then we now look back and we're like, oh my God. Then it's too late to retrace the steps. It's never too late to be right with God. But to get it right on earth, it becomes too late. And like we say, on the wrong road, speed is a what? Is a disadvantage. Praise God. Somebody said something that you might have an anointing. You might be called of God. That's different. That's a gift of God that is without repentance. But you yourself, there are some things that would help you to maintain that place that you are in. And if you can't move forward truly as a believer, if you are not one who self-reflects. So today we are reflecting on ourselves and we're saying past mistakes. What are the things that I did wrong in the past year? I'm sure as I'm saying this now, some pictures are coming to your head or some things are coming to your head that you know very well that this was the thing that you did wrong. Praise God. And then we'll go together in it. Um, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 11. I'm going to read some, some, some chapters from the book of Proverbs. Oh, sorry, some verses from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 26 and verse 11. The Bible says what? A dog what? Returns to its what? To its vomit. So what? A fool repeats his what? His foolishness. Like the dog who returns to the vomit, a fool continues to repeat his what? His foolishness. And the truth about it is, most times a fool does not know he's a fool. Now this is not an insult, like I keep saying. Fool, the fool here is not an insult. It's a what? It's a state of what? Of heart or a state of mind. A fool repeats his foolishness. And Proverbs 14 verse 9, let's read that one again. In the book of Proverbs chapter 14 and verse 9. It says, fools make fun of what? Of guilt. But the godly acknowledge it and what? And seek reconciliation. A fool will make fun of, are you feeling bad about it? But the godly will say, ah, there's a problem here. And I will seek what? Reconciliation. So as we, go to, as we close this year, if we don't want to continue the same cycle next year, then it is important for us as believers to sit down and self-reflect. You know that part in Matthew chapter 6, I think, when he says, look at this hypocrite. You are aiming to remove the speck in another person's eyes, but you forget that there is a what? A big log in your own eyes. You know the easiest thing to spot is something wrong in a room. Do you know that, right? Is the easiest thing to spot is something wrong externally. If somebody dresses here and walks in here, one of the easiest things we'll be able to spot is how the person is not matching the right colors. Or for the ladies, how the person's hair is already off color. You say, ah, the closure is not well. They did not do the closure well. You're already, you're already spotting. It's always easy to find out spots and wrinkles from other persons. But there's always a big problem in spotting your own. Usually, when another person has spots ours, we become defensive. 
So when somebody asks, why are you wearing green and yellow? Ah, no, no, it's color, but you know, there's a little bit of this. You will have explanation because now you go into self-defense mode. But God calls us as believers here to self-reflect. Praise the Lord. Galatians chapter 6, which will be my pivot. As we've read Proverbs, and then we'll read um, Galatians chapter 6. From verse 3 to 5. Can we do that now? The Bible says, in, I'm reading from NLT version. It says, if you think you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that what? Important. Now, it says in verse 4, pay careful attention to your own work. Tell your neighbor, pay careful attention to your work. For then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. Hallelujah. He says what? Pay attention to your own work. If you're thinking that you're superior, he says, come here. Pay attention to your work. And then you will not need to compare yourself with any other person. Hallelujah. And this is what, at this end of this year, as we're saying, oh, we're praying for this, oh God, there will be a change in my life. It's time for you to pay attention to your work and reflect. What have I done? How have I gone wrong? You know, the Bible kept telling us, examine yourself to see whether you are what? You are still in the faith. Test yourselves. Find out. You can't really move forward if there's no self-examination for you. And most of the times, this is the thing we don't want to do. We don't want to self-examine ourselves. We don't want to pick out that part that is wrong. Because it's hard. You talk too much. I know I talk too much. Leave me. Leave me. They gave it to me like that. No. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says, where there is too much talk, what is not far away? People have forgotten. Proverbs. Say, lies is not far. When somebody talks to me, what happened? Lies is not far from me. Lies is not far. Anybody who keeps talking, just know they will lie. Because they, are not, because they always need something to fill up the talk. Praise God. So even if they give back to you that way, and your talking is too much, it's time for you to what? Start reflecting and be like, okay, I talk too much. Maybe it's me that... You know that sometimes God will give you some visions. You don't need to go and share it. But you have opened your mouth, you have discussed everywhere. Then it is not happening. Praise God. But that's not the focus here. The focus is on self-reflection. What are the past mistakes that I've done? It's time for me to look back and say, what got me into this stressful situation? How did I get myself here? It was not the village people that pushed you to it. Most of the times, it was your decision. And like, you know, Victor said yesterday, he said, most times God is speaking, but we are not just hearing. So before you even took that decision, he already warned you. Hallelujah. You know, I saw that picture, that meme one time, I talked about, this is how some people will see red flag. And they will what? They will gallantly walk into it. The red flag is there. In fact, it's there like tra- more than bigger than traffic lights. And like a brother, you say, a fool sees danger. I mean, a wise man sees danger. What? And but the fool will see is that I'm going in there. We, we were made for this. We were born for this. And then the thing hits you up, and then you get all battered and everything, and you come back and you're like, oh God, why me? 
Why did I have to go through this? Am I the only one in this world? Is it only me that they called? I'm even tired of this calling. Come and take it away. And he said, like, it was not my call that gave you wahala. It was you. Hallelujah. So he says what? Pay careful attention to your own work. You know, the easiest thing to feel good is when another person is failing. Let me tell you what, you know what I mean. Most, most of the times, we feel good when we are the best. Or when we see a failure in another person. Let me give an example. If Doka, okay, let me not mention names. If this person likes, <laughs> if this person likes to waste time a lot, and you have a skill in time management, the problem always is that you will start feeling more successful because at least I know how to manage my own time. Look at how she wastes her time everywhere working. Around. No, me, I manage my time. I do this. You feel good about yourself, but you forget strongly that you are lacking another area. So that one gives you some sense of superiority. Or the other person doesn't know how to manage money, then you know how to manage money. What's my own with them? They don't know how to manage money. Me, I manage my money, I do this. Let them, whatever happens to them is their business. Praise God. Because we tend to feel good when we are the best. We, we derive our pleasure from when we're superior to others. And we forget to always see our own errors. And when we don't see it, we'll continue in the same cycle. And then we get ourselves into problems and problems and problems over and over and over again. In what areas were you wrong in the past year? Hallelujah. Disobedience. How many times did you disobey God's instruction? How many times? How many times did God give you or how many times did he give you specific instructions? Or while you were praying, you got some strong convictions, but you disobeyed. And then after you disobeyed, it became boom, boom. It started going up. And you know the funny thing about it is, after you have disobeyed God's instruction, you know what happens? You know. That moment you've disobeyed, something in you already tells you that. Hey, 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 hey. It's like, um, uh, how, how will I say it? That when you're driving on the road, there are these metal rims that they put by the side that in some roads when you are going off the road those metal rims will start sounding your tire will start eating you'll be making it sound like you're already going off course you're going off course that's what happens most times when you've disobeyed and walked away from his instructions you start facing trials somebody asked what's the difference between god's dealing and suffering man-made suffering man-made suffering is when you walk out of god's will you will not start suffering. You'll be thinking it is God that is dealing with you. God is not dealing with you. No, you are the one that architect or drew your own suffering yourself. So what were the things? How did you disobey God last year? Write it down. Don't be afraid to admit that this was an error. God, you spoke to me in this, and I did wrong by this. And this is why this wala happened. You know, if you don't do this, Next year, he will give you another instruction. Or it might even be the same pending instruction. You will walk away from it, then you will have problems again, and you'll be looking for who to help you. Praise the Lord. I remember when I went to the pastor then, and then he says, you are coming to me <laughs> when the injury has already been done. So you now want me to add plaster on top. Whereas even before the injury was inflicted, there were actions you were supposed to have taken. There were ways you already disobeyed from the foundation. Hallelujah. And sometimes we need to move away from just trying to, you know, 
put um, plaster on injuries and actually finding out what is the root cause of this. Praise the Lord. This is what we need to reflect on. God gives you a specific instruction. He says, do this. Or he guides your heart. You get this conviction. But you feel like, no, I want to do this. No, I feel like I'll do this. And then everything in you is screaming, danger, 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 danger. But then in your body, you'll be like, hey, we only die once. We'll do it. Let me go through it. Then I'll come and ask God for forgiveness. You see, the problem is not with God. You see, whether you do it or not, or you don't do it, God does not change. The problem will be you. Because a whole lot of these things. Now, think of the things throughout this year that has left you with so much pain inside of you. And you now reflect back and be like, if I had taken this step this way, maybe I wouldn't have gotten here. And that's actually the truth. But God in his infinite mercies and in his love, what will he do? He will still accept you and try to work his glory from that situation. But he will still tell you, you could have avoided this, avoided this, you know. You shouldn't have been here. Praise the Lord. In Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 40, he said the same similar thing. Let us test ourselves. Let us examine our ways and return to the Lord. We cannot go into next year being far away from him or out of his will. We can't. So as much as we pray, sometimes some of us are praying for God to answer our, our prayers in the wrong road. You get what I'm trying to say? You are in the wrong road. You are not in his will, but you are praying, oh God, make this happen. How will he answer you? The next year, you will not start praying. You will even fast. And James said that you ask and you don't have because what? You ask amiss. The reason you're not getting it is because you are asking the wrong effect. Your heart is even far. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This past year has been hectic. Or the past 10 years has been hectic for you. Whatever things have happened. Think of some of these things that happened. Some, of, some sufferings happen because they are natural. Hallelujah. Some, some, some tribulations happen generally. But could you really reflect back and realize that some of the sufferings that happened with you were your own doing. They were your own actions. They were all your own decisions. Had nothing to do with God. And when you come out and say, God tried me this year. No, you tried yourself this year. As a matter of fact, even the devil was not involved. Because when you say it was the devil, he will look at you and say, no, call me here. I know the things I'm responsible for. This one, it was not me. I was sitting on my own and you invited me. Praise God. That's the point. So now reflect on where were the decisions that you took wrongly? You see, some of us took some decisions that it becomes hard for you to get out of it. And before you got into it, God was there sounding warning like alarm. It was ringing. If I sometimes you saw it in your dreams. That don't do this, don't do this. He said, no, 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 no. You see, it's life, it's this, it's this will happen. And then you get in there, it's now hard for you to get out. Some of us made some commitment to schools, commitment to countries, or whatever it is. And you knew it was not God's will for you. Reflect on this. And don't make the same mistake again. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes when you talk to somebody and you be like, 
you know, maybe in, in, in the midst of counseling and then you're not asking this question, you know why you are here, right? You say, yes, I know why I'm here. I know why I got to this point. I know, I know. I actually understand. But you know what? Uh, I don't want to get out. That's the point. Oh, you say, well, that's the truth. Do you know why? You know why you don't want to get out? The reason you don't want to get out is you're seeing, you've made so much commitment in there. It's becoming hard for you to retrace your steps. Or you're feeling too proud to turn back. You feel like if I turn back, what do I begin from? How do I explain this to people? And in psychology, we call something escalation of commitment. When you have made a wrong decision, in order not to appear like somebody who, is, uh, uh, who doesn't understand or who doesn't know what they are doing, you now do what? You now increase your commitment. You are wrong, you now increase it. And the only best way to explain it is when you have, you know, maybe you're driving or you, some of you are going somewhere and then somebody tells you, this is the way to that house. You say, no, I've been there before. This is the way to go. And then you took that road. That road was wrong. And then the person says, ah, I told you that this is not the way. But because you just don't want to appear like somebody who doesn't know what they are doing. And I say, this is the way, Joe. I'm so sure. You continue walking further. Because you don't want to admit. And your pride will get you wahala. And you will fall. And then you now come and blame God. Praise God. Galatians 6 says, pay attention to your work. So that you will find validation in a job well done. Not in another person. Praise God. You know, I posted something a long time ago. I said, a perfect kid finds his validation in other people's failures. Whenever they get somewhere else and they are not the best, there's going to be problems. They will have problems inside of them. Why? Because they don't feel like they're the best anymore. But when you pay attention to your work, to your own self, to your own evaluation, you are able to say, yes, I did this and it was good. Job well done. Hallelujah. You know, Asis Paul says something. He says, for every time we compare ourselves to other people, we always seem like we're getting ahead. But for every time we compare ourselves to scriptures, huh, then it becomes a huge issue. Because when you bring yourself to scriptures, scriptures have a way of exposing your nakedness. You get what I'm trying to say? So every time you bring yourself under the scrutiny of scriptures, you see where you are failing. Yes, you have seen where you are moving forward, but again you see where you are failing. Then you're able to say, ah, I was not gentle enough. Ah, I remember I was reading um, Psalms earlier yesterday, and then he said something about don't get angry too fast. Go and sleep over it before you say anything out of sin. Praise God, or out of anger rather. And that's actually the truth. You look back and realize that I overreacted. I shouldn't have said this to that person. Oh, I shouldn't have jumped into conclusion. You know, most times you're always saying we want to cut toxic people out of our lives. And we're actually the toxic person. Do you know that? I'll tell you why I knew I was a toxic person. I used to have flatmates. And when I'm in a flatmate, I'm always complaining. These people are not clean enough. These people are not this enough. They don't wash plates. They don't clean toilets. They don't do this. I see only me. Only me. So I felt that it was right, right? Until when I got out and then I met somebody and then... The man told me, he said, do you know you're overbearing? You know what overbearing is? When you're extra, 
you are overbearing to the point that you start controlling the person. So I said, oh, so I'm the toxic person. I actually said, he said, they, they are just acting normal. They are, being, they, are, they are being themselves. They are doing their best. But you are the one that is extra. You are the one that will go and check the cup, whether it is extra clean. So when they finish washing it, you go and check it again. Then you now wash it because it has not fit your own style. <laughs> Praise God. You understand what I mean? Some of you are like that. Or somebody washes a spoon and then you go back and check the spoon. You see, this is not how you wash spoon. You put this, you put this, you put that. Praise God. Somebody says, I have cleaned the bathroom. And then you go back again and say, no, you didn't clean it well. Mm-hmm. Next time when you're cleaning it, first you put this thing there, you put that there. Because it does not fit your style. So I realize I'm the overbearing person. And then one day one, one of my friends shouted at me, you are not my father. <laughs> You know, because I had been over, he said, Oga, we are serving together. We actually came to NYC. So I have graduated university. You graduated university. Who made you my father? What is your business with how I'm doing it? This is how I like it. And usually, and this kind of person, I'm using myself as an example, this kind of person feels like their way is the what? It's the best way. So you're not welcoming diversity. You're not welcoming difference. So you are the toxic person. And then no other person will not be trying to, okay, maybe, maybe he's right. You understand? Then they will start changing, start changing, start changing. Until one day, they'll say, well, I can't come and die. I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Just go. You don't want to live with me again. In fact, I will look for another flatmate. You know, it, it becomes nicer when you now get another flatmate and you people live peacefully for one year. You now say, ah, I was not the problem. That person was a toxic person. Because we believe in fire. Praise God. So oftentimes, I, I, a lot of posts online will say, this year I caught toxic people. Anytime I sense bad energy, I caught them. You are the bad energy. See, I can sense. You know, I, you know, I kept asking myself this question. If everybody is posting Bad energy, bad energy, bad energy. Who is now the bad energy? Because among the people posting this bad energy, they are the baddest energy. You know, sometimes you're the toxic person. Sometimes you're the one that talks people down. It's not them. Have you ever met those people that you feel good in yourself? The moment you get close to them and you just share some things, by the time you are leaving, By the time you are leaving, you feel lesser than a human being. And you, and you start looking at the mirror. I don't think God created me good enough. <laughs> Why? Now, the problem is not you. Most times, or sometimes, the problem is the person. So you need to ask yourself. So when I'm saying self-reflecting or pay attention to your work, I'm not just talking about pay attention to your ministry. I'm talking about paying attention to yourself. Let us go into 2020 as better version of ourselves. You know, when the person said that, the only person you struggle to be better than is your you yesterday. Not your colleagues. No, no, no. You yesterday. Praise the Lord. How have I been loving like Jesus? You know, when I read that part when he talked about in Philippians chapter 2 where he says, he counted it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of what? Of no reputation. Jesus could have stood aside and said, see these human beings, sinners like them. I'm better than them. 
He made himself of no reputation. Came down, took the form of a servant. Let us judge ourselves by scriptures, not by people. Don't feel better because you feel you are praying better than another person is praying. So that's the only way, that's what you, no, 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 no. Put yourself against scripture. Sometimes you might feel like you're praying better than another, but when you go back to scripture, you realize that you have not even prayed yet. Or you have actually been praying wrong. Hallelujah. Sometimes we measure, measure our kindness by the other person's kindness. So because you, you gave fine barrel money and the person did not give, I'm better than him now. I give, he didn't give. That's, but ah, in the Bible, the Bible is saying that even if you give at all, don't let your left hand. No, ah, you're not realizing that, oh God, I didn't even measure. Praise God. I came early to church. They are always coming late to church. Okay, fine. I'm not saying you should be coming late to church. We must change that. <laughs> you must be coming early to church. But then when you're measuring yourself by other people, you, you have problems. But carry the scriptures and let's reflect. In this past year, how have I been wrong in my actions, in my character, in my habits? What unhealthy habits did I pick up? There are some unhealthy habits that you pick up that will affect your prayer life. Do you know that? You might not nod, you might not agree, but in your heart you know the unhealthy habit. The moment you go into those unhealthy habits, you find it hard to pray because you cannot place those habits in line with prayers. It's hard. There's, what do they call it? Cognitive dissonance. What you're doing is different from what you believe. So there's a problem inside you. So the other, in order for you to continue the unhealthy habit, you suspend the things of God and you continue the unhealthy habit. So what were those habits that you picked up that you need to drop off? It's not about prayers. Sometimes, like someone says, sometimes the decision is you. It's not about God delivering. Mm, you, you just need to stop it yourself. I'm not going into 2020 with this. It was a mistake last year, and I'm not going to do it. Friends, there are some things you expose yourself to constantly. Months after, you will start having ideas. You will think they are your natural ideas. And then you say, uh, I feel like I'm like this. It's a lie. If we check it very well, six months before, there were things you exposed yourself to. Now I've now started breathing thoughts in your head. Hallelujah. What wrong company did I fall into last year that did not help God's plan for my life? We need to retrace our steps. Am I the wrong company? You need to find out. Because everybody is good always in their own eyes. Everybody is always good. If you ask them, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this. You mention all your major strengths. Everything that you feel you're good. You never want to hear that I'm a bad chap. Praise God. But the truth is this. There could be some things in you. Are you actually the wrong company? Are you the one that has been deviating people off God's plan for their lives? Or have you been contributing to it? Ask yourself. Praise the Lord. He says, examine yourself to see what, whether what, you are in your faith. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. Romans chapter 12 verse 3. It says, it talks about not overrating yourself. It says, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. What does it say? Don't think you are better than you are what? Than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of your what? Of yourselves. 
Be honest in it. Praise God. Don't think yourself more, at least you have to think of yourself as this some highly, but not, don't go more than you really are. Don't, he's just trying to say, don't overrate your importance. For every time we go to scriptures and we judge ourselves by scriptures, we will always find something wanting. We always find an area of our lives that we need to improve on. I have a, I have a belief that some of the reasons some of us are not exposed to some certain level of wealth is because God knows that if those wealth, if you're exposed to it, will be crumbled. The wealth will crumble us ourselves. Some of us are not exposed to some level of fame at some point because there are some deeply rooted characters that he needs to deal with in us. Praise God. Praise God. Brothers, this is directly for you now. If you know in the past year you've been having issues with girls, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for you to sit down and say, (laughs) you know, like Jesus said, I would rather cut that member off than <laughs> go to hell. It's the truth. It's time for you to sit down and ask yourself, where do I need to change? Five girls are falling in love with you. How did you do it? It's God. <laughs> Praise God. Only you. And when we ask these girls, they will tell you, you and you come and say, I'm just handsome, right? I'm a bloke. Uh, they, just, they just like me anyhow. Praise God. But that was a sit down. <laughs> Praise God. I'm a bloke, they just like me. But then, when we go and we ask these girls the question, they will say, no. The other day, I thought he liked me. He was leading me on. I felt we were, we're having a connection. The other one, too, I felt we were having a connection. Because every 12 midnight, we kept talking. 1 a.m., we were talking. I call him at two, he's always the one there for me. Three, ah uh-uh. ah. Then all the four, five girls, all them are busy. As a pastor, what will I do? It's not the girls, the girls are not the problem. No, the ladies are not the problem. Everybody's a problem. <laughs> Praise God. I need to call the brother that is opening that gateway, that is allowing and encouraging that action. Praise God. Praise God. I always say something. When it comes to the issue of sexual immorality, don't boast in yourself. Avoid it. Praise God. When it comes to those issues, don't boast and say, even if I'm there, nothing will happen. (laughs) Glory to God. Ask people. Come, I will tell you. (laughs) Praise God. That's the truth. In order not to get into that same situation again, what do you do? Run from it. Run from it. Evaluate yourself. As a lady, do you have boundary problems? Note it now. I have problems with boundaries. Note it now. Don't carry it into 2020. Praise God. So as a person, in what ways have you gone wrong? See, it's not just about I disobeyed God in grand ministry. No, it's in the little, little things that we're doing that we need to call ourselves to order. How have you been lacking in your prayer life? Is it that the only time you pray is when we are in church? That's the only time you feel connected to God. But when you're on your own, there is no prayer. You find it hard to even open your mouth to say, Father, in the name of Jesus. 
Because you just feel so distant. But when the people you say, thank God, sometimes one, I've been there before. The reason you're going to church is because you know that at least when you get to church, you'll be able to worship. The people there will motivate you. But on your own, you're going down. And I keep saying these things. Many of the times, when you find it hard to connect with God personally, it means you started taking some wrong actions. You have started swaying off God's will. That's why you are finding it hard to pray at that moment. Or you're finding it hard to read your Bible. Check it. You can't open your mouth to pray constantly. Something somewhere is missing. It's time for you to sit down and reflect. Am I taking a wrong decision? Am I in a wrong company? What ideas have you started entertaining? By yourself. Praise God. And you now say, uh, I accidentally... You don't accidentally do some certain things. You don't. It's not accidental. Yeah, it was not accidental. Glory to God. It wasn't. I know it's not accidental. You made up your decision and you did it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In doing this evaluation, I wrote here, first thing you must consider is, one, as a believer, consider yourself as a human being first. Know that you are human and you are prone to what? Exactly. This is the only way you can do an honest evaluation. Because if you keep seeing yourselves as imperfect, I can never make mistakes. These are the same set of people that walk into issues and get big problems. And usually most of these things, they are small, 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 till it now happens. You now say, it just happened suddenly. No, it didn't happen suddenly. It was building up part time, part time, part time, part time. And then boom, it blew up. So consider yourself as a human. Say, hey, this human being here, Tunji, I'm standing in front of the mirror. I'm human and I'm prone to mistakes. So if I'm prone to mistakes, then I need to start setting up what? Guards that will help me. Do we make mistakes in life? Yes, we do. But one thing we know for sure in the Bible is God has given us all things pertaining to what? To life and godliness. So it means whatever it is that we need to avoid these mistakes, they are there for us. All we just need to do is pay attention. But unfortunately, some of us want to experience it. Experience the mistakes. I can tell you it's better not to experience the mistakes. This experience is the best teacher. I'm telling you now, experience is not the best teacher. Learning is the best teacher. Because when you experience it, nobody's there. No, when somebody tells you the experience, they will not give you the details of the emotional, mental, heart stress that they go through. Or the time it took to get back on their feet. Nobody's going to tell you that. Because it's usually a hard time. So before you get yourself into very, very precarious situations. And I believe strongly that for young people, uh, is, is mostly relationships. It's mostly, for young people, it's mostly relationships. It gets us into precarious situations, and then slowly, and then slowly, and then slowly, boom, 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 we're out. I spoke with one of our brother, I mean, some, some days back, and he had, uh, he, had, he, had, he had, there was a lot of issues that had happened, and he saw, he, saw, he reflected back and realized that, oh God, oh God, the things I have done, I couldn't believe I could have done this. Because if they told me many years back, ah, I was saying it's not possible, but I went there. Of course, I was able to be empathic because I'd been through the same before. And then he said, clearly, he says, I don't think that experience is good. 
And I wouldn't advise anybody to go through that. I said, well, now you have learned. So when somebody is about to give you, and you see a little bit of hint that this is about to happen, you tell them, flee. You can see clearly now that it's not a good place to be in. And most of the times it's relationships. How do we separate? I, you know, I, I realize that it is easy for us, you know, to always say, I'm with God, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. But when it comes to romantic relationships, it's almost very easy for a believer to throw everything what? Out of the window. Boom. Everything just goes. Boom. Why? Because the girl is too fine. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I was talking with one of our brothers. And then I said, send me the picture of this person. <laughs> Wait, no, no, when he said when he sent me the picture, I said, ah, that was how I screamed. Run. <laughs> that was that was how I screamed. I said, run for your life. He was what you know. He laughed actually. He was gone when I said run. I said, I know why. This person is not a believer. And I know why I'm saying you run. Because before you know it, if you don't run, you will explain. <laughs> You will explain. Because if you don't run, you will start explaining. So before you get to that point of explaining or hiring a lawyer, the betting is what? Run. Don't even start it. It's the same thing for sisters. He, he, he's, he's close to being a believer. <laughs> you understand what I mean? You know? I, I mean, I mean, he believes he believes there is God, alright. Does that pass? And then the moment you went to that person last year, what happened? Broom, 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 broom. Let's go here. You know, when you love your partner, you have to be there for them. Maybe this is what bring him to Christ. <laughs> Missionary relationship. 99.9% <laughs> of the time, it has never worked. It has never worked. So think about it. Please, it might be better to stay single. For a long time. You see, I kept saying something. In the book of Genesis, if you read through, there's a reason God kept asking them, don't go and mix with people that are serving idols. He kept saying, don't go and mix, don't go and mix marry. He was, he's not saying it because God was a racist. No. Because oftentimes, relationships are what drag you out of God's will. Ask Solomon. And Solomon did not stop at one. He did not stop at one. Uh, praise God. It's the truth. And you will not be honest with us the things that have happened. You won't. We are just friends. I just like to confide in him. You are not being truthful. But if you've met me, and I will tell you blunt, I said, there is nothing in this world that you will tell me that this, this, this have not happened. Ah, sad. Mm-hmm. Because I've been there, I will tell you it has happened. Maybe you are not trying to do what they call this thing, Michael Jackson, to walk back, but it has happened. It has happened. <laughs> Friends, let's go into 2020 with the right mindset. I'm being serious. I'm not, it's not like unbelievers are devils, but you know they are walking in darkness. There is nothing an unbeliever will offer you. What you will start doing is how you will maintain the balance in the relationship. So how will you start maintaining the balance in the relationship? You will not want to talk about church too much. Because you know it will offend them. 
You know, Stoker, but I'm going to prayer meeting too much. You know it will offend them. So you want to keep balancing. Is that what God wants for you? Brethren, he died. He came from heaven, took human flesh, shed blood. Because of you, died on the cross. Because of you. And you know, say, ah, that one is normal. It's not bother. It's this guy is an atheist. But I don't know. We, every time we keep talking about God, I say, this thing is the greatest deception people are having. So anytime we meet, actually, the only thing we talk about is God. You are not telling us the truth. Of how you are playing worship music and something else is going on. Glory to God. <laughs> you are not telling us the truth. You are not. You are not. You are not being honest. <laughs> you are not. You will repent this year. You will repent this year. You will repent this year. <laughs> Glory to God. And you will not make the same mistake again. Hallelujah. The most stress, I'm telling you, you know, it's funny, right? It looks like, it looks like I'm being blunt. Everybody's laughing, but it's just the truth. Daily and daily and daily, I keep seeing that the only thing that drags most people out of God's will faster than anything is always a wrong relationship. That's the only thing that drags you faster. Yes, there will be other issues, maybe your pride and all that, but this thing drag, it drags you so fast. That the person who was committed yesterday is no longer committed again. Next thing you are forgetting that God called you. You will not start saying, maybe I'm not into pulpit ministry. Maybe God just called me to people ministry. And I mean people, I give them, you know, I, I, I give them, you know, I just, when I cancel them. You are already shortchanging yourself. You see, that's how you move. Let me tell you something. People who fall never fell overnight. It was always little, 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 little things. So maybe some of you are carrying this thing to next day. So I'm already helping you to cut it now. Hallelujah. Brethren, there is no heartbreak you will never get over. At that moment is the toughest thing, right? You will cry, be like, no. I tell you, after months, you'll get over it. It's a matter of time. Find solace in yourself and in God. You might need to cut out. You might need to stop some things. You might need to stop entertaining some things. Please reflect. Praise God. There are some discussions you should stop entertaining. Maybe there are some movies you should stop watching. If you know every time you watch these movies, this is what happens in your dreams. Get what I'm saying? If you know that every time you watch these movies, this is what happens with you, you end up falling back into this, then stop watching it. Can you not just run? Will you die if you don't watch it? I guess if there's a grossy movie and you know that blah, 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 go and read the summary on where? On Google. Somebody will always do a review of a movie. And you have finished watching it. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth. If some conversations will do more damage to your heart than good, then stop having them. If you're in the habit of always staring people down, the only time you stare people down, then just start changing back. And don't cause wala for yourself. Because that day you'll be scared when four of them meet each other. Who say, you say, you say, I say? <laughs> ah, that's where problem comes for you. And it damages your reputation. It does. It does. And sometimes it's hard to recover from them. So as believers, what do we do? We reflect. Psalm 139 verse 1, it says, God, you know my heart. You try my thoughts. Even if you are pretending to me, even if you are pretending to Brother Toby, 
<laughs> Bratobi, I tell you something. One person I talked to, he said, I could not talk to Bratobi. I said, say, this talk now that you could not talk about Bratobi, he's the one that is not hearing it full blown. Breathe is the truth. We say it in Yoruba, the thing we say the father should not hear is the father that we say to it. But let me say something again. Even if you can pretend to all of us, there is somebody who sees your thoughts. Psalm 139 says, before I carry out an action, he knows why I'm doing it. That should be enough to crumble you. Hallelujah. You know, one day I thought of something crazy. I'm like, if I actually remember that God is looking at me right now, is it a good thing? If God is saying that, Tunji, I'm watching you now. I'm playing the video. And I'm seeing what you're doing now. Can I even stand? Can you just see that you're exposed to someone? That song, that song said, you see the depth of my heart. The only merciful thing there is that he loves you the same. He doesn't say he loves what you're doing now. He loves you the same. He never changed. But please remember that he knows your thoughts. So in your mind, you are saying that I'm only calling her for follow-up. God knows your thoughts. You are not calling for follow-up. You will mention Jesus. You will mention Bible. But that's not the reason you are calling. The reason you are calling is because you want to set P. You want to have closeness. Uh, I just want to go and pay him a visit and just, you know, I'm just buying cake. No, there's nothing. Just pay me a visit. We just talk. We just hang out. Hang out. They say that's the word Nigerian police does not like to hear. Hanging around. <laughs> We're just hanging out. But you know the reason you're going there to hang out? Ladies and gentlemen, cut it from next year, 2020. Praise God. You know why every time you're talking to him, you touch his shoulder. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know from the depth of your heart. Don't take it into 2020. Especially when you have seen that this person is not saying, I want to be serious with God. There is a devil that comes in some certain believers. That the day their friend says, I want to be serious with God, that's when the devil will be suggesting something else. Let's go to that place. Ah, everybody is serious with God. Have you not seen Carl Lentz? He does this. Ah, have you not seen this person? You will find justification. Let's not carry it to 2020. Self-discipline. Self-evaluation. Don't be the toxic person in your circle. Don't be that person. Don't. Don't think yourself too important than you are. Humble yourself and ask God, where am I found, where am I found wanting? What do I need to change? So as 2020 is approaching on January 1st, you're having a list already. Can we see people who are honest to say, I'm very rude. You write it down your diary. I am rude. I am very lazy. I don't act on time. <laughs> I need to work on it. We saw something in the office. They say one of the reasons people continue, intelligent people are always mostly lazy. Do you know that? They are the ones that procrastinate the most. Do you know why? Because they've always been getting away with it, so they never see the reason to buck up until it becomes wahala. I'm one of them. Are you going to do this? Ah. There's still time, there's still time, there's still time. So because we've always gotten away with it in the past, we'll continue. Procrastination is not healthy. Because the pressure you will go to two days to the deadline the pressure your brain will go through. You almost want to die. So write it down. I'm lazy. I don't act on time. 
I'm the bad egg in my group. <laughs> Can you be honest? I'm the wild one. Everybody is talking normal idea. Your own idea is always, let's go and kill somebody. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving. That's why you acknowledge it and write it down. I'm the wild one in the group. They just say, come on, let's sit down and have a, let's just sit down and have barbecue in the house and just hang out. Ah, alpha, let's buy gin. No, 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 this guy said, let's just buy wine. Ah, wine, just more gin. When you now get to the, when you get to the store to buy the gin, let's buy three bottles. <laughs> let's add this one. Let's add that one. You, are you that person? Are you the one? It will hurt that she means just one night. The Bible does not say we should not drink, right? Are you that person? You are the bad egg. Maybe one of you in that place has been struggling with alcohol and is looking for a way to give it up. But you, you are the enabler. Then when that person becomes an alcoholic, is this same you that will still come up and say, I see them alcoholics. Me, I drink, but I drink. You are the one that enabled them. Hallelujah. This person is saying, I have, been, I have been committing sexual sin before now. I have taken a vow of celibacy. It's that time that you say, let's go and watch Fifty Shades of Grey. It's that time you say, let's just hang out at home. Let's just watch a movie. Switch off the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Write it down. I'm that person. <laughs> you know they say, they say, if you go to his house and he has lead light in the room, run. <laughs> just, <laughs> just run. Are you that person? Write it down. See, whatever it is I'm saying, it sounds like joke, but I'm being honest. Write it down and start changing. Restrict, restrict yourself from making that decision again or giving that advice. I said something to a brother. I said, sometimes if you are not able to handle your sexual flaws, when a sister comes to you for legit counsel, rather than see how to help them, your mind has traveled far. You are not seeing a human being that needs help anymore. You are seeing an opportunity. That's what happens. It clogs your mind. Same thing with the sister. Rather than seeing Brother Tunji preaching right now, you are seeing something else. That's what happens. He's counseling you. Your mind is going far. Deal with it so that you will not get to the top one day and then they will not have to cancel all your shows and everything because you have committed blunders. And then it's hard to recover. And your image is destroyed. And you can't continue again. Praise the Lord. What we don't deal with today, we'll deal with us tomorrow. What you don't want, don't let it grow. If you watch it, it will grow. But if you take care of it at once, it won't grow. Let's rise to our feet.